We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, let me, uh, this is going to take just a minute, but there's a lot of people that, that did a lot of great things for DeMar, and I just, um, I think it would be um, unfair to uh, not mention these people. A lot of heroes, you know, we look at sports and, you know, we all have heroes on the field, but there's so many people that um, save this young young man's life, and I just want to make sure they get recognized. But first off, God is good. Uh, prayer of, of this country and NFL fans and Bill's Mafia has just been uh, unbelievable, and I know that comes from DeMar's parents as well. Um, you know, Mario and Nina and uh, just being near them, you know, these last few days, um, they should put a handbook together of how to deal with, you know, life-threatening situation with your child. Um, I was in awe just watching their strength uh, through such difficult up and down moments. And um, man, it was a, uh, it, it was a pleasure to, to be a part and, and see how they handled it. Uh, I don't believe I would have handled it with the same strength if that was my son. But um, the Bills medical team, I know that the guys have been mentioned, you know, led by Nate Bresky. Uh, Denny's obviously trending on Twitter now, which is uh, good for him. And Tabani's back there. And and all those guys, uh, our docs, did a great job. You know, one person that probably hasn't been mentioned is, is Corey, uh, one of our equipment guys who had to get there and get his face mask off so that they could work on him. And not easy when you see the situation, you know, DeMar's in. The two doctors yesterday that did the Zoom uh, and answered a lot of the medical questions, uh, Dr. Bill Knight, Dr. Tim Pritz, uh, their team, amazing. And I, and I want to go through some of those people uh, starting, you know, when this happened on the field. Uh, the field doctors there from Cincinnati, uh, Dr. Woods Curry, um, Dr. Jason McMullen, Dr. Robbie Paulson. Dr. Brett Betts and uh, John Bush, uh, those guys uh, jumped in and were ready for the moment. And uh, I'm so grateful and, and our organization and, and DeMar and everyone for them. The field paramedics um, there and, and ready to, to get him, you know, onto the ambulance and, and headed to the hospital. Rob Hersong, Dave Stigler, uh, Mike Bacalsi, Brandon Terrell and Brian Reed. Those guys, amazing work, um, you know, in, in such a stressful moment. And then when we got, you know, when they got DeMar to the ER, um, you know, the first people, you know, putting hands on him, Dr. Alex uh, Saavedra and Dr. Brown and Finney. Uh, the trauma team, Dr. Val Sams and Dr. Eileen Donovan. And then the ICU people that 
a lot of these people, you know, we were interacting with um, when we went back there to visit DeMar from the time he was in there and we could first see him till, you know, I left yesterday. Uh, Dr. Betty Sway, uh, she wants no credit, but she did, she did a heck of a job. Uh, Claire Deglo probably spent the most time with Claire. She was the day nurse. Um, unbelievable poise uh, watching her work. Uh, Brianna Ruhlman, Caleb Boehner, and Molly Lincoln. So there's many others, but it just, I'd be remiss if, if uh, and, and if you know any of these people, you're in Cincinnati, um, take care of them and uh, thank them. You know, they are, they are heroes. Um, Roger Goodell, you know, uh, Roger's in a tough spot. He's the commissioner of the league. He's got all sorts of things going on. Uh, he called every day and uh, I know he sent a text to, to Mario, but um, you know, he's got a lot going on. He literally called every day and has called, you know, texted with me today. So appreciate him, Troy Benson and Donna Ponte. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Mr. Brown, uh, his organization, um, anything we needed from hotel rooms to meals, um, they were just leading the way. Uh, Zach Taylor, I know Sean's talked about Zach, but Zach and Darren Simmons uh, came over uh, even before, while Sean was still there uh, waiting to see, you know, how DeMar was going to do once we got him, you know, into the ER. And Zach's wife, uh, Sarah, she came over and brought meals the first night and just uh, so authentic. And it was just, you know, uh, it was very touching. Um, the city of Cincinnati, all sorts of people, prayers, sending things. Um, just what a great city. You never want something like this to happen, but uh, a lot of love and respect uh, for that town and that city and the support they've shown. Um, Sean Smith and the officials, I thought they did a heck of a job in, in, a, in, a, in a critical moment of how to handle this situation. Um, and then last but not least, you know, I want to start with here, you know, Sean McDermott, um, what a great, great job of leading our team back here, getting them home. And, you know, it was a very tenuous moments as we know, you know, as, as DeMar was, was, was trying to battle this through and, and a lot of unknowns and uncertainties and, uh, just the vulnerability and that Sean showed, uh, working with our team, working, having, you know, helping us get counselors here. Um, and just, I mean, I went into the team meeting this morning and I mean, he's, he's got this team rock solid and, uh, I'm biased, but, uh, through what we've been through in this, uh, this guy deserves coach of the year for, for what he's done. Um, our coaches, our team leaders, Josh, Tremaine, all those guys, uh, been checking in with some of them and, uh, through this process and, and they're humans and these are not gladiators or, you know, as Sean mentioned earlier, robots and, um, this has been a, a tough ordeal, and I'm just so impressed and so appreciative of our team, our organization, uh, and Terry Pagula's leadership. So I know that was long. I appreciate your patience, but um, it, it was very important for me to recognize all those people. Brandon, through saying that, it seems like you've met so many people over the last couple of days. Could you explain what the last few days were like for you and, and why you felt it was needed and necessary to stay in Cincinnati with DeMar? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's real simple, Maddie. It's um, what would you want someone to do for your son? And I got two boys and, um, you know, Sean wanted to stay as well, in fairness to him. And we were trying to figure it out. But as we're, you know, we're dealing with this in, in minutes, trying to make these, these decisions, we decided it was, you know, we are the leaders and 
he needs to lead these coaches and this team and help these guys get through back here because we don't know how long this is going to be. And we, we may have a game, which we do to prepare for. And so uh, we divided it up and I said, let me stay here. Let me support here. We'll work this out. And uh, that's why I love Sean. He's, he's, um, you know, we were able to work this through and he did a great job there. And, and, um, but it's, it was, it was a roller coaster, Manny, you know, and, um, but just, seeing his parents and the strength that they shown through this time and, and different friends and family that showed up. It was, it was great to see and learn more about DeMar. You know, obviously I knew who he was through the draft process and then just getting to know him this last year and a half, but uh, you learn so much more just, and you see why he is who he is by, you know, spending time with Mario and Nina. Um, it's uh, just so impressed with the medical team too. Uh, just these people. Yes. They're medical people, but their bedside manner, their care, you know, hugging us and seeing tears out of their eyes. I mean, uh, there's going to be a huge party when DeMar gets out of there. And uh, uh, that's the only part I'm, I'm sad that I'm, I'm not going to be able to see him walk out of there. But I'm going to be so thrilled when we get him back here. What was it like to be there and see the support roll in from across the nation and across the world and really see that GoFundMe number go up to well over seven million now? And it was, uh, you know, Tabani was keeping up with that and just like, hey, man, he's at three point this. He's at four point when I was just like and, you know, we were laughing with his mom. You know, you try to have some laughable moments in there. And, and we were laughing. She's like, man, he just wanted twenty five hundred dollars for this thing. She's like some of the toys he bought. It was there was always like some disagreements with which child gets this toy. And that, and I was like, you're, you're going to be passing out cars next year, not toys. And uh, so it's it's going to be exciting to see how excited DeMar is about what he can do because that's who DeMar is. And uh, he's so selfless and uh, he's always got a smile. I know Josh mentioned that yesterday. The kid always has a smile on his face. And today in that team meeting, man, it was um, hair on the back of my neck stood up when uh, he said, I love you boys, man. And the the room went nuts. It was just, uh, it was, uh, it was awesome. Uh, how uplifting was it? I mean, for having been there for, you know, those, those, those two first days and then to know that he was awake and was gripping people's hands um, to know that he had made that step in his recovery for you to be there. How heartwarming was that? And, and, and I guess, emotional. Very emotional. Um, you know, when you, anyone that's had loved ones in, in life threatening situations, the docs explained it to us. They said, it's going to be two step forward, one step back, you know, so, and they're always giving you best case, worst case. So there's always ups and downs. And, um, you know, that's where we wanted to just try and bond together with the family and, and help each other through it. But uh, it was such positive news, you know, I would say two days ago. And then yesterday walk in there uh, at seven in the morning and Dr. Knight comes in and is like, you're not going to believe it. Like he's responding to commands. He's given us, you know, he's still intubated, but he's given us, you know, signals with his hands and he's nodding. And, um, you know, I wanted to go back there then. He's like, hey, we got to, we, uh, we're going to talk through a few things where we're at. But we got back there around eight to Bonnie and Nate and myself and just able to hug him and the grip strength that he had. Uh, you know, I told Mario, I said, I'm not a crier, but uh, man, it was, uh, it was emotional. And then, a lot, of, a lot of grown men in there crying yesterday, but uh, I'll, it's something I'll never forget. 
And just one last thing, just um, as difficult and trying and then uplifting this week has been, I know you've probably had to have your GM hat on in dealing with the business of the NFL and and, and this game. And I know a lot of this is about DeMar, but just um, I just need to ask, were you the point person on dealing with Troy and, and, and the NFL on, on the game being canceled and, and just what your thoughts are on just how this whole seating thing is coming out? Yeah, I mean, we we didn't get involved with that part of it. You know, we we basically just uh, John left the game and just said, "Listen, we can't play. Uh, you guys have to decide what it is." They did keep me and Terry in the loop of some of the things that were being discussed, um, but we didn't really weigh into what our thoughts were. Um, you know, for the most part, it was really just these are some of the scenarios and. You know, I know what came out last night, but it still has to be voted on and approved. So we'll see where that goes today. You were obviously closer to the situation than most anybody was. You, his family, and some other staff members. I think yesterday the Zoom call with the doctors was probably when most of the outside world finally got peace of mind and knowing that he might be okay. Was there a moment for you where you had that moment of thinking, wow, he might get through this? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, when when I left the hospital, my days are running together, but, you know, they had to make him flip him over and, you know, into a prone position um, early around 530 or six the morning after it happened. So that would have been Tuesday morning. You know, when when we left on Tuesday night, you know, they said, listen, um, He's handling this well, but the big thing will be when we flip him back. How does he handle that? And sometimes the way it was explained to me is you flip them for an hour, but they they start to struggle again. And you got to flip them back on the prone. And if you can't get them to be able to lay back on their back, like, like I'm kind of sitting here, then um, there's other procedures that have to be done without getting too deep into the weeds. And, so when they said later that day that, hey, he's handling this great, that is great news. And that tells us that he's out of the woods from, you know, the worst kind of scenario. And, and so you started to feel relief, still not there yet. But like I said, from that point on, it just seems like things were trending up. And then yesterday morning, you walk in there and he's responding to commands was absolutely not what I thought. I was going to hear and it was just uh, it was it was definitely tears of joy. I know you never draw it up this way, but your team has dealt with an unbelievable amount of adversity this past season, really start of the season and onward. Your focus this week was DeMar. But what does it say about the rest of your group that they've been able to navigate that get through this and kind of, you know, can come out on the other end? Yeah, Matt, um, I I'd probably get emotional if I talk too much about it, but it's. I'm so proud of our organization, our team, you know, just so many people, the way we've dealt with so much this year, um, definitely not the way you draw it up, but um, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the season on the field. I really don't. Um, this is a group of winners and I will forever, forever remember this team, this season, the moments of it. Um, you know, I'm still hopefully optimistic that we can make a run, um, but I don't know if there's ever a team I'll be more proud of than this for all that's been dealt. And we're still sitting here with all this at 12 and three and a chance to, to still do something. So we'll see what happens there, but 
Um, I could talk for hours how proud I am. Sean talks so much about, and you guys talk so much about the importance of mental health and having counselors and and all that stuff. Um, Just how important is it to have a leader like Sean in place when something like this happens? Um, And the fact that he understands the importance of mental health and that players and everyone is dealing with that as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of Sean's greatest strengths is he, he's a great listener. And I think that's one of the leadership qualities that people leave out that is as important as any of them. And he listens, he looks, he learns, and, you know, he's just, he's so vulnerable. You know, it's, you got to stand up there and be a rock, but sometimes you got to be a human. And, and you know, you got to lead these, these men into battle. Um, you got to you know, get them riled up and, and, and fired up at times, but you also have to, you know, understand certain moments are very humanizing. And, and I think he's got that balance. And um, like I said earlier, find me a coach. And again, I know I'm biased, but find me a coach that could have this team at 12 and three with all we've dealt with this year. And, and that's a true testament to him. And, and I'm glad he's our head coach. And then I guess just lastly, just how are you personally just doing through all of this? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been tough. Um, you want to be a rock for everybody, but definitely, you know, some moments of tears and, uh, it's tough, but, um, I'm excited that, uh, we're where we're at. I was thinking almost 12, you know, a year ago, 13 seconds was this big talk and words like adversity and, uh, crossroads and, and those were kind of things that people thought would be a defining moment for this team. How does something like this redefine those types of words for you, this organization, and and just really provide just a, a completely unique perspective and different perspective on really what a result of a football game means? Yeah, I mean, the game of life, John, we know is is way more important. We get wrapped up into teams and seasons and leagues, and it's natural. It's fun. It's fun to banter and, and you know, go against, you know, I got good friends on other teams. It's good to be able to beat their butts, but – um, what was really cool this week is just seeing all the love and support from all the various GMs, coaches, players that I know around the league. And I know Sean and all our people got that. And, um, I think it just shows, uh, you know, a, a great human side to, to not only this league, but uh, to all the people in our country. And like I said, uh, and what you asked, 13 seconds means nothing. Um, this, is, this is what it's truly about building teams, building men, uh, leading. And like I said, I know fourth down decisions, you know, get questioned and things like that. Um, you know, Zach Taylor in Cincinnati, you know, that's a fortunate franchise to have that guy as their head coach. Uh, I'm sure I've never worked with Zach. I do know him. I'm sure he's a great X's and O's uh, play caller. And, and you can see that, uh, but he's a hell of a leader. And uh, he, he showed that as well in, coming to the right decision the other night in a moment that his team was leading. And, you know, you know, he, I'm sure they wanted to win that game just as bad as we did. And I don't know that a lot of people would have handled that the way he did. And again, back to Sean, you know, it's, uh, it's been, it's been said over and over, but uh, we're very fortunate here in Buffalo to have him. A football game on Sunday. Uh, What is your, your vision, your feeling for, for what, that moment is going to be that that afternoon is going to be that small sliver of of three hours or so um after all of this this past week 
yeah, I mean, it's going to be a celebration of, uh, of life and, and an ongoing life, you know, and, you know, just a celebration that, I mean, this is going to not only be a, uh, a celebration in Buffalo, but the whole, the whole country. And, and I'm sure people internationally have, have watched this situation. And so, um, I think it's going to be a great seat if you've got a ticket to come here and to just be a part of this atmosphere. Hair on the neck, on the, the hair on the back of my neck standing up right now thinking about it, John. But uh, it's going to be unique, and uh, I'm excited to see it. You know, it will be a challenge for our team to be able to manage the, the emotions. There's going to be tears out there, and, and um, you know, that will be the, probably the biggest challenge, more of the challenge than the X's and O's piece of it is just, uh, being able to go through that, you know, and just seeing our fans. And I know there's going to be a lot of three numbers out there and, and uh, I'm excited to see it. It's going to be a cool, a cool deal. And, uh, um, you know, the only thing better is if, if DeMar was out of there by then, I don't, you know, I don't know that that would happen, but um, anyway, we'll, we'll, uh, we're excited for Sunday. Hey, Brandon, it's good to hear from you. I wanted to follow up some on what you were saying about Sean and his vulnerability, which I think is so key in helping this team and processing what's been going on with DeMar right now. When he talked about it, he was saying he was not always like that when he was a kid, like he used to bottle things up a bit more and just how long you've known him. I was wondering, is that something you've seen him grow into? Was that, did he kind of change his perspective on that a bit before you knew him or just have you seen him evolve in that in your time of knowing him? Yeah, I think he's definitely evolved. I think he's, um, you know, I think that's what's great about him. He's always, you know, Sean talks about, uh, and it's one of our mantras here is the growth mindset and just learning. And yeah, you you get these jobs. And in his case, you get a head coaching job probably because you were, you know, a really good offensive or defensive coach. And he's, you know, he was a very good defensive coordinator. Um, but But there's way more to his job, you know, just like mine from a scouting standpoint is leadership and understanding all what that entails and, and who you're, who are you leading and what do they need? And just, um, I think him understanding that, like I said earlier, yes, you have to lead them and you got to get them to be ready for a battle on the field, which is toughness and all these things, but, um, you know, not show pain or, and I'm going to fight through everything, but sometimes just, you know, hugging a grown man and, and letting tears come down from your face that can sometimes get even more respect. And, and I think Sean has that balance um, now more than ever. And then um, on Damar, you know, you mentioned those moments with his mom of kind of the lighter sides of things, which you need to make it through all these really tough days um, just on her with the toy drive that he can buy cars now. Were there any other moments that kind of stood out to you? I'm sure it's all a blur, but just of, you know, that you go through all these emotions of that with his parents in particular. Yeah, you know, uh, the one thing that stood out, and I haven't even told Sean about it yet, but um, his little brother, Demir, you know, who unfortunately, because of his age, if the rule in the hospital due to flu and RSV, they don't allow you um, in an IC unit to, to uh, I don't even think you can come in the whole hospital, maybe um, if you're under 14 years. So he was unable to be there. And we were talking about him and just how you know, I was asking him, how's he doing? Because that's his, that's his big brother. And, you know, she was telling me two things. One, she was telling me that he's his biggest critic. Like he calls him on the phone after the game, telling him you did this wrong. You got to do this better. And kind of just breaking down the game. And he's, and I'm like, how old is he? He's like, he's seven. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. He's got a future, future scout or future coach. But 
Then his dad brought over a video. He was talking about him wrestling and he's shown him wrestling. He's seven wrestling like a nine-year-old. And, uh, you know, he just, he, he flipped this kid around and just showed that, that competitive dog, that competitive edge. And it was just, it was cool. It was cool to see Demir cause I don't know Demir yet, but, uh, we, we definitely were able to laugh and smile uh, at various things. And his dad, uh, one other thing, he got a lot of swelling in his lip when he was prone, you get the fluids coming down to your face. And so a lot of things swell. And his dad came back there and said, uh, he looks like professor clump right now, uh, from the nutty professor. So, uh, we had some good laughs. How important was it for you, uh, to be there with Demar's family and care to talk about the day nurse and her role? How, how instrumental was she? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's really not about me. It was more just I, I was only doing what I would want someone to do for my son. And that's that's really what it was. But um, the day nurse, Claire, uh, got to know her the, the most. And again, I don't want to just single her out, but she is uh, I don't know how old Claire is, um, but she was uh, she's a rock star, um, vibrant. And she just kept saying, this is why I love my job yesterday when he was waking up. And, you know, we were in there one day and I was like, Claire, I'm sorry, just tell us, she's like doing all sorts of stuff. And I was just really impressed. And I was like, Claire, just tell us to leave if we're in your way. And she was, she's had such patience about her. And, and she even said, she told me, she told me yesterday, she said, I'm not supposed to work. What's today. She said, I'm not supposed to work tomorrow. She's like, but the way he's trending, I got to come in and uh, I can't wait to get to know him. Cause we just kept telling her, you're going to love this, this kid. Like he's just, he's just so wonderful to be around. And it's just, to not go in there and be a, a, a robot as a, as a nurse or a doctor um, is probably not always easy to do. And just, you know, her showing she was just so excited to see the progress he had made and she'll be even more excited when he gets out of there. How therapeutic was it for the players, for coach to show uh, that vulnerability at the moment? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the guys have, you, you, you heard that from Mitch and, and, uh, Dane and, and, you know, Josh, and, and I'm sure more of them will say it. I, I think um, Sean has a great pulse of the team and he knows what they need. He knows when they need a kick in the butt and he also knows when they need a hug. And, uh, and that's what's special about him. Brennan, you talked about the challenge of keeping emotions in check for Sunday's game. How do you go about helping the players focus on the game come one o'clock on Sunday afternoon? Yeah, I mean, I think that's where uh, Dr. Dez and, and her, her, her crew and her skills, giving these guys, um, you know, some tools um, to kind of get yourself recalibrated and, and focused that you're about to go into, you know, cross the line into an NFL game and, and being ready and, um, you know, you know, not going ups and downs and just kind of being steady. And, and you know, Sean's got a plan to kind of <clears throat> tomorrow go through some of the things that they will expect to see out there. But you know, you can't prepare for everything. You're not going to know what, what all the fans are planning to do and uh, some of the various emotions you'll, you'll see there. But just trying to give them as, <clears throat> as many tools and tips to because there's going to be emotions flowing pregame um, to kind of recalibrate when it's time to, you know, kick the ball off. What are some of the tools that you're at liberty to share that uh, the team has? Well, I, you know, I'm not a clinician, but uh, Dr. Des you know, she, she does it sometimes on one side of the ball. She meets with people individually. Um, she's got some various strategies that she goes through. And um, I don't know them all per se. 
I'm curious, you know, we, we've spent a lot of time from the outside trying to get to know DeMar. When did you think that DeMar Hamlin should be a Buffalo Bill? Man, um, you know, Sean was talking earlier about Coach Narduzzi. And, um, you know, there's times where Sean may know a coach. And in this case, I don't know Coach Narduzzi personally, but Sean knew him. And so sometimes pre-draft, I'll say, hey, can you check on this player, call this coach? And so a lot of times I'll sit in there, we'll get him on the phone and speaker, and he'll say, hey, coach, I got my GM in here. And we want to ask you about a few of your players. And, and you know, coach just said, you know, he said, listen, you guys evaluate the players, however, you, you know, on our team. But when he was going through, you know, he had – they had five or six guys coming out that, that year. He said like, <clears throat> the steadiest, you know, the steadiest guy that you're going to find and a, a true high-character leader is DeMar Hamlin, wherever you have. He, you know, they don't necessarily know where you rate him. So um, that was one of the things that stood out when you hear the coach of, you know, a team saying – this guy is – he's got it, and he's uh, he's got the it factor, the want to. And wherever his skill set is, he's – what you heard is he's going to reach that and then some. And those are the types of players that you love to get, especially later in the draft. So, you know, he's sitting there. We talked about him around earlier, and, and he was still sitting there in the sixth and turned it in. And, and um, you know, last year played more of a reserve role, but he worked so hard this year. I was talking with his dad. He worked so hard this offseason to prepare himself. And he's been a sponge with Micah and Jordan. And, you know, we were talking about he had a little bit of a blessing that this offseason, Jordan and Micah in training camp both had some injuries. So he got to get reps with the ones. And, you know, he didn't expect to be starting by game three. But, um, you know, unfortunately, Micah went down. And, and I think um, he's he's been a great – he's done a great job of filling that in and not, you know, not leaving a true void without Micah. And Brandon, if I could just um, get back to Sean for a second. He's helping to lead the organization, right? And he's helping to help the players with their own feelings and their own health. Who's helping Sean? Because he's carrying a, a heavy burden and a heavy weight. And I think as we saw him yesterday at the press conference, he looked pretty worn down, a little bit better today, clearly, right, because of the news. But who, who helps Sean? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that's, that's, you know, for everyone here and to try and, you know, again, I mentioned we have, Dr. Dez and, and some various people. Leslie Frazier is a, is a good, um, you know, mentor. And I know Sean has reached out to some other coaches that have dealt with, with various things. And I think, you know, that's, that's what a good team of people or a good family, you know, and family is probably the better word, but, you know, we all want to win. We all work hard. We're all competitive. Sometimes we go at it, but we have a deep love for each other. And I think we know when we need to put our arm around someone. And, and so I think we're all, making sure that we're looking out for each other. Hi, Brandon. The NFL just sent an email revealing plans for all 32 teams to honor DeMar uh, this week, including pregame moment of support, field painting, pregame shirts, and then uh, your team will be wearing three jersey patches. Can you just speak about that uh, news and, and just the overwhelming support from the league and and maybe if there's any additional plans from your team to show support for DeMar coming Sunday. Yeah, Alex, um, I think it's, as I mentioned earlier, it says a lot about our league that we're all competitive and we're all trying to win every single thing. We're trying to win the draft. We're trying to win um, games. And, and 
ultimately trying to win a championship fighting against each other. But <clears throat> this week, I mean, every, every team changed their logo, um, you know, on their social media page to pray for DeMar. I don't think I've ever seen that. And I just, um, yeah, we go to battle, but in the end, life is, is the number one battle. And, and to see that unity from players, coaches, GMs, owners, uh, fans um, is unheard of, but um, I think it's a good light. It sheds a great light on the NFL. That it, the NFL is truly a family, and you know we had people from the Cincinnati NFLPA, former players, come up to the hospital, and just to what do you need? Like, you know, I know you got the foundation. Do you guys need us to go buy you some clothes? Do you, you know does the family need this? Just um, so many people from so many different you know avenues, and it's uh, it's cool to see. As far as this weekend, we're working on things. We definitely have the patch and, um, you know, try and honor, you know, some of the people that, that help, um, you know, keep DeMar alive in, in their role. So we do have some various things. It's not, you know, we're still talking through exactly the run of show, but uh, I think it's going to be a nice deal. How about the gathering of fans outside the hospital? Did you have any perspective on that from where you were in the hospital? Were you guys able to look down on them or? or any interaction with, with any of them there at the hospital and, and your impressions of that? Yeah, I thought it was it was great because it was not only Bills fans, it was Bengals fans and, and true football fans. And just you saw the care for them. I did not personally interact with them. Just my sole focus, uh, my job was was to support uh, DeMar's family and, uh, and and get information from the docs and just try and help, you know, lead point with some, with some of that. So uh, I did not interact with them, but – very appreciative, and I know the family was too. Hey, Brandon. Um, I was curious. You mentioned obviously spending time with Demar's parents and getting to know more about Demir and them and all of that. I was curious, and maybe the answer to this is no. But did you learn anything about Demar this week that maybe you didn't know just from talking to those his family and all of that? I mean, more not necessarily anything like crazy that I didn't know, but just more about him and and. We talked about his foundation and how important that was. And, you know, again, like I said, he, just, he was just trying to find $2,500. And, um, you know, just some of his friends came up. So we, we had some some laughs. One of them transferred from Pitt, you know, was playing at Western Michigan. And um, it was just, you know, met his girlfriend and, and just got to meet various people and, and you know, hear some, some things uh, about DeMar. You know, nothing – crazy that I didn't know but it was just different things would come up at different times and it was it was really you feel like you you get to know someone better when you're around their family and friends definitely and then I was curious just for you obviously during the grind of a season you don't really take time to kind of be in one place like that sitting and being there to support you know Damar and his family what was I guess this week I just what was it like for you to you know pause the season and kind of take the time to you know this situation that you can't be prepared for just what what was it like for you yeah I mean I, I should thank you know Brian Gain and, and Kevin Megank and Terrence Gray and Malik Boyd and some of the, the leaders here on you know on the football staff uh, that kind of helped run point on some things that I would normally need to run point on and, and that helped me to just um, be able to you know focus my time and energy there so I felt uh, that's why you, what's what you do. You try and find as many good people to run, you know, run whatever you need to be run. And, and I think getting back here, you know, late yesterday uh, and coming here this morning uh, and meeting with some of the staff, it's um, they did a great job and, and that helped take the pressure off of me.
can you give, I know you've been in Cincinnati this week, but can you, do you have a sense of what degree difference in terms of preparation your team will be going into this game on Sunday compared to if you had had, I know it was already a short week and then there's, there's all the responsibilities that everybody had on top of that. How different is it compared if this had just been a normal week? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's been, it's been way different and, you know, you just, you know, the first day back in here was more about, you know, checking on people and having them meet with psychologists and just having meetings, not about football, but about tomorrow and how are you, and how are you doing player X or coach X or staff member, you know, everyone saw, you know, how that went down on the field the other night. And so that's, you can't unsee what you saw. And, the first thing we needed to do was um, deal with those emotions and, and, and people deal with them in all sorts of different ways. And when you got 60 plus players and staff, that's a lot of people that are going to deal with this in, in a different way. And some are still dealing with it, but it's just um, trying to reintroduce football in very um, small samples. And, you know, I think DeMarge news yesterday really, you know, got our team, you know, I did not, I was not here for practice, but I heard that practice was, was really good, all things considered. And, you know, just seeing the guys on the team meeting this morning being so fired up. Um, it's kind of like cramming for an exam that you probably waited to the last minute for. I think that's what we're trying to do right now. And um, these guys are pros. They're going to, uh, they'll be ready on Sunday. To that point about, you know, all the attention of, of making sure every, member of your staff, coach, player, otherwise was, you know, was processing as, as well as possible. It, it, it seems like a very enlightened approach, you know, right from the reason the game was canceled because of the, the concern for the player's mental well health to the way you guys handle this. As somebody who's been around the NFL as a while, I mean, does this feel like all the talk about mental health that maybe began, you know, two decades ago and applying it to professional sports that, that this was kind of the fruition of a lot of the understanding and the teachings that's that's gone on in the last two decades. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, you know, mental health, you know, I've been in the NFL since 1998. Mental health was not something talked about at least the first decade I was in the league. And, and even when it started getting talked about, there was a little bit of uh, kind of pushing it away a little bit. Like uh, we're, we're football players and we're coaches and we're whatever. We don't, we don't need that. We're, but, I think what we've we've found out the more we've opened our eyes to it that um, and we talked about it earlier these are humans these players uh, these coaches and um, the best thing you can do for them is let them be a human and not try and internalize everything um, I think that makes them better people and, and ultimately it will make them be a better player if they can deal with things properly and, and that's what we've tried to do. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.